0: Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pawn, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 38 Forgiven Katie shook her head slowly in defiance. Looking out once again over the crowd, her eyes caught a slight movement. Trying to focus, she latched onto a shadow, hope beating in her chest. Look, her thoughts rang out. Look, Candy, do you see it? I don't see anything. No, straight ahead of us, do you see it? She was desperate for someone else to see the great white tiger as it walked towards her. She was so afraid it was a mirage. She heard Candy gasp, her hand tighten on hers. I see it, Katie. Katie felt a wave of hope as the spirit of the great white tiger walked through the crowd of seekers, not seen by anyone but them. Jackson, do you see it? She felt a small squeeze of her hand. The first real response from him. The spirit ignored the woman who was once again ranting to the crowd. It walked up to Katie, purring loudly in her ear. It placed its forehead against hers. She felt a calmness envelop her soul as hope became a reality. The pain in her body drained. Energy returned. She instinctively knew she would be able to change into wolf form once again. The tiger stepped towards Candy, placing its forehead against hers. Withdrawing, it turned to Jackson. Katie watched his face as he silently pleaded to the tiger to forgive him. The cat took a few steps towards him and placed her forehead against his. Katie could feel joy and acceptance replace the despair and self hatred Jackson had been feeling. The tiger stepped back. Looking over its shoulder, Katie could see a faint whisper of a black panther as it walked up, staring straight into Jackson's eyes for a moment. The panther stepped to the side and positioned its body in the same position as Jackson, quickly entering his body. Katie turned back to face the tiger, only to see the last bit of her image disappear. All three of them bowed their heads in a mock, defeated posture. Get ready. Jackson's thoughts rang out loud and clear. There are three behind us and two to the right that are most dangerous. Katie, Sergius is directly behind you. He's mine, Katie communicated. She shivered as she felt his hot breath against her neck. She tried to control the instinct to immediately change and fight. Katie listened to the woman's ranting. As she eventually turned her attention back to the three of them, she told the crowd what would happen to them if they were not loyal to her. She stressed how she didn't want to kill them, but an example had to be made. Get ready, Jackson communicated. The old woman faced them with a malicious smile. Katie could tell the next words out of her mouth were going to be, kill them. Jackson must have realized the same, because he lifted his head. Now! Katie felt as it was just another practice day, as they all jumped simultaneously in the air, doing a backwards flip, changing in midair. She landed behind Sergis. Before he realized where she was, he jumped on his back, going in for the kill. Realizing she was there, he twisted, clawing her stomach and chest with his sharp razor claws. She gave out a sharp yelp and quickly backed away. Another oversight, she mused. Play-fighting cats with their claws retracted was a lot different than fighting a cat with four sets of claws ready to rip your insides out. She circled the large bobcat, eyeing him warily. Surprise rushed through her system when the cat turned human. Sergius gave her an evil smile, raising his hands and licking his fingers. I knew where animal would be tasty. Katie hardly registered the words as shock rippled through her body. Unable to control the impulse, she turned human, clothes automatically forming on her body. You, she said, pointing at the naked young man. I know you. He was filthy. His hair was longer and greasy, but she recognized his features immediately. Sergius smiled that's a nice trick you've learned. Too bad I have to kill you before I can learn it from you. Steven Bans The name exploded from her shocked system. That name no longer has any meaning to me. Katie shook her head, trying to get control of her emotions. You were in the Black Home as much as I was. You are best friends with Robbie Black. Katie could picture him in the Black Home, jockeying around with Robbie and David. The three of them were inseparable until Robbie and Stephen had graduated. How could you? Are you planning on killing the guy or just talking to him? Jackson's thoughts slammed into her shock system. Katie ignored Jackson, staring at the face in front of her. You love the Blacks and yet you killed Sam. Why? Sir just stepped closer to her. Samantha Black made her decision. She chose to die. You didn't have to kill her. You could have let her go. Katie tried to reason with him. Do you have any idea the heartache you caused? Why should I give her a break? Stephen's angry voice rose above the battle around them. No one stepped forward to save me. He stepped closer. Do you need help killing him? Jackson's impatient thoughts rang out. She automatically turned her head towards Jackson. She felt, rather than saw, Stephen change and attack. Jumping into the air, she backflipped away from him, changing into her wolf form in midair. Landing ten feet away from where she originally was, she once again jumped onto the cat's back. Using her weight as leverage, she wouldn't allow the cat to turn and claw her stomach and chest again. Acting on instinct, she picked him up by the scruff of his neck and shook him violently, lowering him. She repositioned her mouth, ready to clamp down on his inner neck. The large cat took advantage of her letting go and clawed deeply into her face and neck. Letting out a yelp, she didn't back away, but clamped down harder. She felt the large cat struggle for breath. She could hear his heartbeat slow down and eventually stop, allowing herself a few seconds to consider what she had just done She silently mourned the young man she had once known. Looking up, she could see Candy backed up against a tree. Two large cats ready to attack her at once. In two strides, she jumped on one of them, while Candy was able to attack the other. Using her strength and bulk as a weapon, she quickly used the same technique she learned with Sergis. She learned to protect her stomach and chest from sharp claws. She looked around and could see Jackson fighting three large cats at the same time. She headed in that direction when a huge jaguar jumped out of nowhere and landed on her back. As a large cat sunk its nails into her back, she jumped in the air, fell back onto her back, hoping her weight would loosen the cat's hold. She could tell she had knocked the wind out of it. Taking advantage of the situation, she jumped up and whirled around, quickly causing the cat to fly off. She was a little annoyed when it landed perfectly on its feet. Jumping onto its back, she grabbed the back of its neck and shook viciously. Again taking advantage of a rattled cat, she went in for the kill. Looking up, she noticed Jackson didn't actually need any help at all. He had somehow taken care of the three and was closing in on another cat. She quickly glanced around for Candy to find her sitting on her haunches, watching Jackson fight. Taking a quick scan around, it was obvious the fighting was over. The large cats that were killed were slowly turning back into human shapes. She tried not to look into their faces, afraid she would recognize someone else. Katie glanced around as she saw an African tiger direct a seeker. The seeker had given up. Standing in the center were the other seekers, who didn't want to fight she caught a glimpse of an old timber wolf. Keeping an eye on the wolf, she quickly looked around to make sure all her friends were still alive. Filled with relief, she spotted all four as they quickly gathered up seekers. They were herding them into the center. She spotted a black panther. He was looking down at something on the ground. Wondering what he was doing, she quickly ran towards him. You won't get away with this. I will be missed. The woman lay on the ground, her hands in the air. You have no idea what you're up against, she laughed. What you have done will not go unnoticed. They will come for you. We have legions. Legions! They will not allow any of you to live. Katie turned away as Jackson went in for the kill. Facing the Seekers, she counted nine. She felt Jackson's presence next to her. How many is a legion? I don't know, Jackson uttered. More than five? Katie nodded. More than fourteen? Jackson looked towards the Seekers. Definitely. Just as long as we have a chance, Katie muttered. Jackson changed into human form, his clothes immediately covering where hair disappeared. Following his example, she changed also. I don't understand, he said softly. It made no strategic sense for you to come after me. Why? Why did you do it? Trying to forget her indecision, Katie looked out over the meadow. I don't understand what you're asking. Jackson let out a sigh. I'm just a pawn, Katie. I'm expendable. If I disappeared, no one would care. You're wrong, Jackson. There are a lot of people who care about you, including your family. Katie looked down at the ground. I felt the emotions inside of you. You're the one who told me those emotions will destroy the animal spirit inside of you. There you were, fighting worse demons than I. He gave a derogatory laugh. How do you think I knew they were destroying you? Katie looked up. No one's expendable on my team, Jackson. I don't think I'll call you a pawn, but if you are, you're just as valuable as any other player. She glanced out over the meadow again, seeing a gray timber wolf. To hell with anyone who says strategy requires a sacrifice. Jackson stepped closer, his eyes penetrating hers. I felt your indecision, your fear of my becoming a malice. You have been worried about it for weeks. What made you decide to come and save me? Katie tried to hide the tears simmering in her eyes. There were a couple of reasons. I don't want to lose you. The thought of you dying, she shook her head. Unable to contemplate the emotions she felt, it would be like losing Sam all over again. Jackson reached out and grabbed her hand. She looked down, watching his thumb rub her knuckle. The second reason is, Candy wouldn't allow it. She convinced me to say the guy we love today, not the one who made a grievous error yesterday, or the one who may become a monster tomorrow. Jackson looked out over the meadow, watching the snow leopard for a moment, before his gaze returned to her. If Candy hadn't noticed you missing, She shuddered, not wanting to think about the consequences. Not only would we have lost you, but we would never have known if a seeker can be repentant enough to return. She stepped back and gently pulled her hand away from his, giving him a weak smile. She walked towards the seekers in custody. A snow leopard trotted towards her. She watched as Candy changed into human form. Did you see a gray wolf running around? Yeah. Tyler said when the fighting started, it came out of the woods and started helping. I'm not sure who it is, Candy shrugged. I tried to talk to it. It doesn't respond. Katie turned back to Jackson. Can you communicate with the gray wolf? Jackson walked towards them, his eyes scanning the area. Seeing the wolf, his eyes narrowed, shaking his head. She's not responding. Katie directed her thoughts towards the wolf. Who are you? You must kill the Seekers, Catherine. Katie narrowed her eyes. There is only one person she knew who ever called her by her whole first name. Who are you? If you must know, Miss Smith. Katie closed her eyes. She did not want to hear it. Looking back at her friends, she noticed them watching her intently. Can you hear her? She could see Jackson and Candace shaking their heads. You must kill the Seekers, Catherine. They will never change who they are, Katie sighed. I've already had this conversation with Forrest. If the oath is made under duress, the seeker can return. No, there's no going back. That's how it's always been. It's too dangerous to let them go. Go into my mind, she told Candy and Jackson. See if you can hear her. She could immediately feel their presence. You made an oath, Catherine, to kill all seekers who enter into your domain. Katie glanced at her friends. They both nodded, letting her know they could hear. I've made no such oath. Did you not go to the sacred ceremony when you were of age? Are you talking about the fire ceremony old Elizabeth Hawk had all the women attend? Yes, you made a promise. If you ever change an animal form, you will protect your people. And kill all seekers who enter your domain. Katie shook her head. I made no such promise. I know my sister, Catherine. She never would have allowed you to leave the ceremony without extracting a promise to all those who were there. Katie looked up in surprise, her eyes catching those of her friends. You are old Elizabeth Hawk's sister? There was a pause. Yes? I'm her older sister. Your last name is Smith. I've had many names over the years. Smith is a name that hides our true identity well. How did you know we were fighting here? A pause. Katie didn't think she was going to answer. David Black called me. He said you were all going to try and save a member of your team. He didn't explain to me it was a seeker. Jackson raised his eyebrows, covering his mouth. He gave a low chuckle. How did you know I was a werewolf? I followed you that day. I was not done talking to you. I saw you change into your wolf form before jumping into the woods. Katie smirked at the word talking. If she remembered correctly, the teacher was screaming as she ran down the hall. Deciding not to change the conversation, how can I communicate with you and no one else can? We are wasting time, Catherine. We must kill the Seekers before they decide to attack us. I'm not killing anyone, and neither are you, Katie ordered. Walking towards the circle of Seekers, Jackson and Candy followed close behind. I thought you guys were never going to come over, Tyler's thoughts said wearily. I don't think they noticed, but we're still outnumbered. They don't want to fight, Tyler, Jackson answered. Tyler changed into human form his clothes automatically covering him. I was hoping, I just wasn't sure. He turned to Katie. It got pretty dicey there for a while. I didn't think you were going to make it. Katie nodded. Neither did she. Stopping in front of the seekers, she at first didn't know what to say. Catherine, you must kill them all. Katie glanced towards the timber wool. She gave a double take when she noticed a regular-sized bobcat standing next to her. Forrest, is that you? The small cat gave her a quick nod. You seem small. She heard Jackson and Candy give a small chuckle as Forrest bristled from her comment. Wanting to point Forrest to Lizzie, she looked around for her friend. She saw Lizzie walk up to Tyler and grab his hand. He stiffly pulled his hand away from hers. Walking away, he stood next to Jackson. I wonder what that's all about. Candy mused with her thoughts. Katie nodded, turning back towards the seekers. Okay, the first thing I would like to ask, is there a Jackie Oakland here? Katie could feel Candy stiffen next to her. A tiger stepped forward cautiously. Katie glanced towards Candy. Would you like to do the honors? Candy nodded slightly. I would like to apologize to you, Jackie. I was aware you are about to change. I let our past grievances blind me. We tried to find you, but... She shook her head. I'm so sorry. The tiger sat down looking towards Candy. Jackson cleared his throat. She says if you show her how to change while still wearing clothes, all is forgiven. Katie couldn't help chuckling. This was going to turn out all right. She could tell. Catherine, you must kill the Seekers. They will destroy everything we fought for. Look, if you don't shut up, I'm going to tell the Seekers what you want us to do to them. Katie retaliated. She wasn't surprised when the timber wolf and Bobcat backed away and faded into the woods. Katie looked back towards the Seekers. It looks like you guys are all under new management. Katie smiled. The first thing we need to discuss is accommodations. I recall, the old management felt rather strongly, you needed to completely forsake your families. The first order of business is for all of you to go home. She felt Jackson stiffen beside her. Looking his way, she couldn't read his thoughts, nor did he give her any indication of how he felt. I know you have all been told your families will be in danger. This may or may not be the case. Katie looked down at her feet, not knowing how to put into words her feelings. We still don't know what to call the great evil that is out there. I just think... If it wants you away from your families, then we should do the exact opposite. So, go home. Tell your parents you ran away or whatever story you want to come up with. Start up your lives again. Go to school. Date your boyfriend. Whatever you want to do. Come back next week to Candy's Lodge and we'll have some kind of plan formed. The Seeker stood there, not moving. Katie cautiously glanced towards Jackson. He shrugged giving her a twisted smile. They think it's a trick. Not understanding, she raised her eyebrows. They are used to the other management playing head games with them. Jackson tried to explain. They believe the first person to start for home will be killed. Katie quickly looked back towards the Seekers. I don't know how to convince you. She shook her head, giving a sigh. I think action will speak louder than words. She turned around and started walking away from the group, all of her friends following. Turning back into animal form, they ran towards the lodge. Hi, this is Diana Kilpak. I hope you've enjoyed this week's chapter of The Pawn, the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, and our imaginations meet again. Have a great day.